Welcome back, man, to another great episode of Comedians in Bed. And as always, I have another great guest here for you. Now, my next guest, man, me and this one, man, we were on a show together and I loved her energy. You know, as always, from people from Detroit, you know, what up, though? You know, so I'm excited to have her on here today. The very funny, the very talented, the very beautiful D-Lo, everybody. Give it up for D-Lo. What's going on? Nothing much. Just back out here on the West Coast in these LA streets trying to survive. <laughs> How are you? Yeah, I'm pretty good, man. We were talking before we got started about you know going back home to Detroit. How was your trip? Fun. Very late. I actually had to cut it short. I was was supposed to come back yesterday but i ended up coming back a few days before that because it was too much <laughs> like i was turning <laughs> i was like oh, hell no i gotta go back to where you know i'm in my professional bag and i'm <laughs> back to my healthy eating so excuse me if you me munching on some grapes i'm i had a busy morning so i didn't get to you know chance to eat so got a little fruit over here yeah, but it was fun nonetheless Detroit's always a good time yeah, man. Last time I went to Detroit, I went to this club called uh, Spotlight. Where I, just like, <laughs> I know Spotlight. Spotlight, Spotlight is fun. It's a very good time. Mm -hmm. It's a Let's very, very good time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. When, I was in, when I was in there, <laughs> I, think, I think they had like had a year uh, being, I guess, open or whatever. So they had like mm -hmm. a, a live like New Orleans type band coming there. Type style that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Spotlight is good. The only thing about spotlight is your car might get broken in two at the end of the really? day. Really? Okay. <laughs> when you hear the word spotlight, when you hear the club spotlight, it's known. It's like your car might get broken in two, but you gonna have a good time. <laughs> so <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Kind of balance really out. Park. <laughs> yeah, no, and it's it's a risk. Like it looks like an alley, like where you park at it looks actually yeah. very crazy. So yeah, but the last time that I went to Spotlight, I was on some drugs. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't care. It didn't happen to me, but I just remember being very funny out there. So, yeah, yeah, man, I was. We, we was messed up too. <laughs> yeah, that, that was that was a fun night. It felt like a movie for sure. Yep, for sure, for sure, mm -hmm. for sure. Nah, man. Uh, growing up in Detroit, what is what is that like? You know, I I've, I've been there a few times. I love Detroit. It's always a good time. What is like growing up in Detroit like? Ooh, fun. <laughs> uh, I was actually just talking to my partner about that. Um, just being back home and being around so much blackness, you know, it's a huge um, adjustment being on the West Coast um, because there's, you know, certain hubs of black culture, but like from where I'm from, I literally, that's all I saw. It's almost like, oh, if you see a white person, it's like, wow, they're, they're white. <laughs> like, I went, I literally went to school from kindergarten to high school, which is predominantly black people. So, um, you know, growing up there, there's just this richness of culture. It's fun. Family and friends are in close proximity. Like, I don't have to drive an hour just to get somewhere like you do in L.A. <laughs> so, um, growing up in Detroit, it, it's good. It teaches you how to be tough. You know, teaches you how to be a hustler, of course, and won't take no shit. Period. Like I've been fighting since I was a kid. So, um, but you know, we real smart. Detroit people are very smart and witty and quick on their feet. So, you know, it's good and it and it, it gives you this sense of you can survive anywhere. 
And that's, you know, that's the motto I take with me, especially being here in LA. It's like, girl, if you can survive Detroit, you can survive here. I feel like everybody I meet from Detroit is just very, very chill and easy to get along with. We wrote you except, except my mom's ex-boyfriend. I didn't I like that nigga. <laughs> the, the men are a bit questionable, but the girls, we be chilling. Like we chill. We I either hear we're super chill or I've heard that I'm aggressive. I'm like aggressive. I think it's just my language and how I talk, and I'm very um forthcoming and very direct with people. And sometimes I hear people too walk on eggshells on things they say in their approach because it's like oh you don't know who's who but me i don't give a fuck <laughs> so <laughs> that's just you know where i'm from in my nature it's like hey close my mouth be fed so I'm, I'm very direct with people um hold on i was writing down mm -hmm. okay uh so detroit uh what, what made you move out from detroit to la comedy in acting, uh, I started doing comedy. I started producing my own shows. I just had my seven year anniversary, uh, literally a week ago, two weeks ago. July 29th was my seven year anniversary. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tyree. <laughs> I'm cracking up. But um, yeah, I started producing my own shows there. And shit. After a few years, I'm like, well, hell, I done peaked here. You know, what What else is there to do but go to Hollywood? So yeah. I cut my hair and shit took off. We'll let you know that you peaked. When the last show I did, we had to close the door at like 450 people. There was still a line of at least like 100 people outside. I was like, okay. I think we're good. <laughs> and I, that was a common thing, though. That was normal for me. So it was just like, you know, I could keep doing this here. Yeah. But I want to challenge myself. And I'm so glad I did because coming out here, I basically had to start from scratch. It wasn't that instant, like, local fame that I had back home out here it's just like okay who are you sign up for this open mic we don't know you so yeah it's humbling i'm glad i moved i'm glad i moved how was uh that experience because now you got to start all over again uh you had a bigger city where you might feel like you gotta prove yourself or if you feel worthy enough to be there like how was that experience starting all over again um it was a transition for sure. Uh, hold on, I got this cherry pit in my mouth. I want to get it out. Like, <laughs> I ate a grape. I want to eat a cherry and be all sweet. Right. So, <laughs> like, girl, why are you doing this? You are talking right now. I'm a little blow too, so I'm hungry. <laughs> it was a lot at first because I wasn't necessarily expecting that. I thought I was gonna come out here and just hit the ground running. And some people do, but for me, it took some adjusting and getting used to. And I got out here January of 2019. So I had that one year and then COVID hit the following year. So it was like comedy clubs literally were closed. I would, I would never forget. It was like March, just say like 5th, 2020. I went to a comedy club, do an open mic. 
and it was like severely empty. And I remember I invited one of my friends and he had on gloves and I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And so he's like, the world is ending. And I'm like, I don't get it. And so then like three days later, they shut the world down. So that was it. Like, you know, not going back on a stage physically for over a year was crazy. Um, having to adjust to virtual shows was crazy too. But when the world started opening back up on a positive note, I was able to hit the ground running and start getting my name out there and learning that it's really about networking out here. You really got to go be at the clubs and hanging out and, you know, bumping shoulders with the right people so that you can get on those shows and, you know, build your name up out here. So it's, it's been a roller coaster, but it's been good. It's been good. I love to hear it, man. Uh, earlier this year in April, we were on a show together and you were a host. You did a, a phenomenal job there. I, I enjoyed it. And that's why, you know, we got you on the show. Um, but our show was crazy because uh, <laughs> I thought like, okay, first of all, um, so I've never been to that part of LA before. So okay. like, I, I was coming from Santa Monica and everything was all... <laughs> Everything was all sunshine and everything. And I'm driving. All of a sudden, I see these RVs just parked on the side. I'm like, what? Where am I at? <laughs> Where are we? <laughs> you there. You here. The show, the show was good. The show was the show was good, man. But then, like, we had a comic who only had, like, seven fingers. And I didn't know anything about it. So, that's... <laughs> Yeah, that was you know, like, <laughs> You just out here fingerless. <laughs> yeah, he fucked me up with them no fingers. But like when I come to when I come to LA and I do shows, man, uh some other dude when I was out there, like he did a whole set with like one of those like dental things in his mouth where his mouth was just like wide open and wide, and he just did the whole set like that. I'm like, man, you fine when you come to LA or like you go to Chicago or New York, yeah. you think like Okay, I'm gonna meet like the most professional people or whatever, but it's y'all crazy too. Like yeah. <laughs> my first time at the comedy store, I seen a guy in a chicken suit uh do an open mic. I was like, oh, this is LA comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought y'all crazy as hell. Yeah, man. It's definitely different. How was your uh I seen you just did a show at the, the comedy store? How was that experience like? Oh, it was awesome. I was just talking about Nichelle and just how dope she is as a booker and just a black woman doing her thing at the legendary comedy store and how uplifting she is to up and coming comics. Um, it was amazing. You know, I did my motherfucking thing, set that stage on fire. The room was so good, like. I will say that was one of the greatest like times I've had. Not just saying because I was on the show, but the crowd there, it was packed, but everyone was so attentive to each comic that went up. So it just was a vibe in there. Everybody was there to laugh. So that was like really dope. That was a plus, you know what I'm saying? So it was a great show. I'm, I'm excited to be going back soon, hopefully. So yes. <laughs> what is that experience like when you, you know, you get in front of like a real audience you know what i'm saying and they're really paying attention do you feel more comfortable do you feel more loose like how do you feel when you when you get in front of those audiences i feel like i got them you know what i'm saying and i think what helps is just my overall look 
and people are already like, okay, what the fuck she about to talk about? You know what I'm saying? So when you do feel that energy of people are locked in, it's like, okay, this is your moment. It's kind of do or die. So make sure that these jokes are hitting, that, you know, uh, each punchline is landing and that you're intentional about your story. Because at the end of the day, this is my story. So this is what I want them to be able to walk away and remember. But like, oh, I remember that girl from Detroit. They may not remember my name, but they, they can say the joke. And she talked about the airplane joke with Miss Elliott, something, you know what I'm saying? So um, just making sure I got their full attention and doing my fucking thing while I got that 10 to 12 minutes, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you when you when you're up there? Uh, are you representing? Cause you you are um, you you love exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like who you are and everything. Yeah. And I, that's one of the things I love about you. You oh, got yeah. like this energy of like I don't give a fuck. Like and I and I love that. So when you go up there, are you representing you? Or are you just representing like black women? Like what, when you go up there, who are you like doing it for? Yeah, I I do this for the ladies, for real. I do this for Black women who can resonate with my story. Black people, Black women who may look like me, who may sound like me, dress like me, come from where I come from. Like, just Black women as a whole. Like, we have to stick in this shit together. Um, Comedy is already a male-dominated field. So when I go up there, yes, I stick my chest out. One of the greatest things that somebody ever told me, and you know, I just be all over the place when I'm talking, but you know, this this girl told me a few years ago, like, because when I started performing, I used to kind of be a little more soft and delicate. And I did a show, this was in Detroit. And she came to me afterwards, she's a friend of mine. She was like, next time you perform, you need to put some fucking bass in your voice. (laughs) And I swear, like ever since then, I go up with that confidence and I'm glad a woman told me that. And she didn't tell me that on no man shit. She told me that on some be a confident, strong black woman because that's who you fucking are. So, yeah, when I go up on stage, it's for the bitches like me. (laughs) (laughs) I love to hear it. I I was late on that. Uh, But who's like like your, uh, you know, your influences? Who who got you into comedy? and, And then also on the back end of that, like, how did you know that you were funny? Mm. So who got me into comedy? I would say growing up, watching a lot of people on TV, like Queen Latifah, Monique, of course, uh, even women like Missy Elliott, even though she's not a comic, I loved what the fuck Missy was doing. And I knew that at a young age. I'm like, I know when I grow up, I want to be an entertainer. I didn't even know if it was rapping or singing. I tell people that all the time. Like, I knew I wanted to grow up and be something because I was just so mesmerized by her entire, just all of her shit, the visuals, the sound. And it gave like hope for a little black girl like me who was dark skinned and chubby and big lips and, but eccentric, you know what I'm saying? A happy person. It's like, damn, okay, I can be like that. I can do this shit. And, you know, as I got older, I found my funny, which is just, it's my natural personality, but like, I finally honed in on it. So it's like, oh, okay, well, this is probably what you were meant to do. This is, this is God's calling. And I felt it, you know, he tugged me in the right direction for the comedy shit, believe me. But I've been like this my whole life. People been telling me, oh, you should be a comic, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, people like Queen Latifah, Monique, um, some more Dale Givens, um, shit, Lonnie Love, there's so many black influential women that really have motivated me to be where I am today. 
I love Missy growing up. Uh, I'm not really sure if she contributed to my love for big women because I feel like all, I feel like all women in my family are kind of big. So okay, you from the Midwest, right? You from Ohio? Yeah, but here's the yeah, thing: because you're from the South for real. We just <laughs> so we all thick. <laughs> yeah, but like Columbus, Columbus, man, it's like I tell people it's the number one. Uh, spot for like fast food joints so like try their new stuff so there's mm-hmm. nothing but big women here they don't want to admit it but they big and it's, like, it. just, it's like just embrace it you know embrace it. <laughs> so when i see uh when i see you know plus size women getting opportunities i love it because it's like y'all shouldn't be overlooked and y'all are beautiful and y'all hilarious as heck to me one of my favorite uh comics is dominique who's a plus size woman yes, I love dominique. so much so yeah Absolutely. Yes. Hey, shout out to you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, so why why do you think uh plus size plus size women and, and short men or or tall or tall skinny men? Why do we always connect? Like, what's the thing? <laughs> what is that? Um, <laughs> you know, that I'm actually I'm I'm terrible because I'm actually a fatophobic person. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm about a lot. So I actually prefer being with like like you said, skinnier, um, slimmer or shorter people because two fat people together, that's just a lot. <laughs> oh, you know, opposites attract. Like, period. My, my partner, she is slim. Like, I can't do, uh, I can't do it. I've always dated many people, whether it's men or women. I got to be the big one in this relationship. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's not. Uh, what's the cutoff like just a little pudge or like Ooh, a little <laughs> I could take a smidgeroo a smidgeroo but once it get too pudgy you got the <laughs> how dare you be fat <laughs> nope don't do it fatophobic uh, it is so terrible <laughs> oh my gosh man that's funny <laughs> You never really do see like two big people on Pornhub like getting it on. Oh, <laughs> I would skip that page. So <laughs> I'm not even interested in that. <laughs> uh, that is funny. Hey, so there's this new show that I uh, started watching. I told my mom to watch it, and she's watching it now. It's on Tubi. It's called uh, Hoochie Daddies. With the studs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to watch it. I'm going to make my girlfriend watch. Please, <laughs> please watch that show and let me know because that show is... Fuck- First of all, they're like making it on their cell phones. Which is like... So you can barely hear what they say. But like... It's hilarious. The first, I didn't even know studs called themselves Hoochie Daddy. So that's what like intrigued me about it. I was like, okay, I got to see what this is about. (laughs) And uh, and then I also didn't know that they be stripping like niggas. Yes. Now, (laughs) listen, studs will strip. I don't know what where that came from. But ever since I've been in like the gay community growing up, because I'm bisexual, but like even in high school and college, going to gay parties, stud was always the strippers. Man, I was like, what? This one stud was stripping. She was moving like a nigga. And I was like, so then she got all the way naked. And then she was like humping the ground and just was covering her little coochie. And I was just like, nigga, what? That's what they do. 
I yes, this is that is yeah, yes. Yeah. You gotta watch that show. I don't know how I got my mom watching that show, but that's a lovely lady. I'm glad that your your mother is open to content like man, that. Man. God bless her for real. <laughs> That is she, she be watching it though. She be watching it. They be having their little uh titties out, and then they have like little black tape over it and stuff, just walking around the house. I'm like, okay. excuse me, and this is on TV. It's on Tubi, yeah. But I I like it because I I'll be listening to the podcast, the reads. So they they was talking about it, and I was like, all right, I'm gonna check it out. Yeah, okay. watching it, and like I love studs, man, because studs be thick, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <be> They do be hiding lots of hips under those sticky pants. They be, yeah. they be walking around on that show, butt naked, and I'll be like, man, bruh. That is hilarious. Would you date a stud? Would I date a stud? I don't think I don't think I could date a stud. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> because, like, just the way she dressed, I would probably talk to her like a nigga that did. Like, absolutely <laughs> would be challenged. Is that what you're saying? I would talk to her like a nigga, and then I would forget. Like she not, no, you can't, you can't, you can't like that. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like even though they talk like some of them might talk uh, rough and tough, they still women. Like they got yes. feelings. <laughs> yes, you are still women. Well, I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. How do you? How do you? How do you like comfort your partner that's like a stud, but like got emotions? Like <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that is, you gotta say, bro. Look. <laughs> It's gonna be okay. <laughs> like my nigga, I didn't mean to say it like that. You know, right. I meant to, you know, oh, taking it out of context. <laughs> mm-hmm. My nigga bitch, just lay it on it like that. <laughs> that is an interesting dynamic and funny though. But yes, that'd be beautiful, bro. They just be trying to hide that shit, and I don't be liking that. Okay. <laughs> I did a thick stud before. I will say that she definitely had a nice booty and hair. So I'm like. <laughs> you are mighty shapely. <laughs> okay, so if somebody got a better shape than you, just like how somebody you know you don't want to date somebody bigger or big. So would you date somebody that got a better shape than you, or are you like nah? Only I got the body over here. Um. Well, see. <laughs> I okay. So for my women, like I only date studs, mm. so you would never really know because they dress more masculine. Yeah. You know, like my partner now, I always praise her body. Like, I feel like you have the most beautiful body, but she, she's slim, you know, but she has a really nice shape and I don't, I don't have a problem with it. Like I told yeah. you, it's that pudge. But uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, mm-mm. Well, uh, one of the things I do want to talk to you about is how you be do, uh, my fault, how you be do, <laughs> how you produce your uh, all women shows, which I think is very dope. It looks very, uh, it looks very fun. Like, talk about that a little bit. How did you get into that? And how did you build that up? Because you were doing big things in Detroit, you know, with your shows. Now you're out in LA, and you know you got to get the word out. Got to build your network up. How did you uh, get that on and popping? Yes, um, it's so funny you're talking about that because last night was a really good night for us. Um, we actually met up at the Ice House, which has just reopened in Pasadena. You know, it's like the oldest comedy club. And uh, we met with the GM, which is Penny, and she is like the first WNBA player to make a 
basketball shot, you know? So she's a legend. She's the general manager there. And um, we met with her last night and we are actually moving to the Ice House for our August show. So we are okay. so, so excited about that. Um, and the lineup for that is, is gonna be amazing. But the way I got into it is, um, like you said, I started producing shows in Detroit, so I wanted to come out here and do the same thing. But of course, you know, you got to network, take some time. And I tried to do like a few D-Lo and Friends show, you know, I call it one show like somewhere on Melrose, but there was something missing just for me personally. Like the shows were always great. The comics was always great. But for me, I was like, there's something that's just not like catching, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, what is the, the goodness of this? Like, why are you producing these shows? Are you doing it just to say, fuck it, I produced the show? Are you going to be intentional about it? And so I had to take a step back and I'm like, what do you want as a black female comic? And I was like, I'll tell myself, I'm like, I want to see more black ran, women ran shows. And then I'm like, bitch, do that. <laughs> so, um, I band up with my two co-producers, Brittany Dixon and Asani Crowell, and we have really hit the ground running. Um, we started producing our shows back in April. We started off at Los Globos, which is on Sunset in Silver Lake. And we've been taking off ever since. We just had Shantae Wayans as our headliner for the last show, and now it's amazing. So it's been really good. It's just been a great opportunity to give women a platform to you know safely do their material and feel good about it yeah i did see that you had shantae i really like her she's very funny uh when i saw that i was very happy for you like how did you build it up you know what i'm saying you're not from la uh was it by word of mouth were you like collecting emails was it just you know the comics because you know they would bring you know a big audience when you hear all women show you know some people might not take it as serious i had to say but um how did you like build it up from going from now you were at one venue to now you're at a historic comedy club yeah um getting out here in these streets for real and talking about it networking we even went old school we were printing flyers like the club flyers putting on people's cars i was downtown la with it in hollywood putting those fucking flyers on people's cars building an Instagram for it. We do have an email blast list. Like we were definitely getting those emails. Okay. So just doing that and literally spreading the word whenever I'm out, I talk about it. I post about it whenever I can. And I also run the social media for the ladies love comedy page. So I'm always, you know, posting something on there and just letting people know it's a movement, you know, it's produced yeah. by women, performed by women. So it's a safe space. And, Hell, we trying to definitely, no, I'm not going to say we trying. We are going to take this on tour very, very soon. I definitely believe in the movement because we're intentional with it and it's for a good cause. So. How did you um, book a, a big headliner uh, like Shantae? Building a relationship with Shantae, honestly. So a few months ago, um, someone from her, from her team reached out to me to be on her uh not your uh, average charades show that she does online. And so it's crazy because the first time she hit me up, I couldn't do it. And I was bummed out. I was like, damn, like I had a really bad scheduling conflict. 
And so I was like, damn, I hope the opportunity comes around again. Cause I was, I was sad. I couldn't do it. So then she hit me up like a month later, like, Hey, you know, are you down to do it? I'm like, yeah. So we did that. It was so fucking funny. After that, I ended up have inviting her to my podcast, which will be dropping in the fall. And, um, she was so cool. Like she came and did an episode, no problem. Super sweet. Like just a very humble person. So then we stayed in contact from there and I actually went to her show. Um, she invited me to her show at the Ice House. Mm-hmm. And so I brought my friend Brittany with me, who's also the co-producer on Ladies Love Comedy. And so we're sitting in the audience and she's like, she comes up to me at Ice House. She's like, you want, you want to perform? And I'm like, yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to say no, you know? So, and I was so glad that I'm in a space where Yes, I have 10 minutes of some good shit that I can pull out on stage real quick, Shantae Wayne. So she gave me a guest spot uh, at the Ice House. I got a standing ovation. I'm like, oh, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) You know, from there, we just, you know, continue, you know, check in. How you doing? You know, hey, I got this show, Ladies Love Comedy. We want to have you on as the headliner. How can we get you on it? She's like, you know, yeah, for sure. Super down. Super, super cool. So. How it seems like, as you mentioned earlier, building those relationships are important. It seemed like uh, it happened organically for you, which is something that I love because uh, I feel like sometimes people just be a little too pressed and that make me a little nervous. Yes. <laughs> Especially being out here because I see it with my own eyes, you know, because being at this comedy club, some, anybody comes in there, all the stars, you know, and we... Yeah. I see a lot of dick sucking from men. I ain't gonna lie. I be like, <laughs> breathe, like... Y'all more pressed than the bitches these days. Like, what's going on? Like, pressing on They really do. I'll be like, really? So, yeah, it's a lot of that out here. But I, I'm the type, I always remind myself, at the end of the day, these people are human, just like mm. me. You may got a few more dollars and credits than me, but at the end of the day, we all got to die. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I dick suck you? Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. So I'm not saying people weird for like taking pictures afterwards, but I'm not. If I just did a show with you and I don't personally know you, I don't care who you are. I'm not gonna ask for a picture, like unless the club be like come take a picture. Like I'm not. Yeah. Unless it happens organically. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but because yeah. what does the fucking picture really mean? <laughs> <laughs> What are we really doing here? Okay, we took a picture. And now your caption all deep. Like, Met my my hero. We about to go film 10 shows together. No, you're not. <laughs> you don't even know you. <laughs> I know. I, no. I hate when they do that shit. <laughs> <laughs> a picture worth a thousand words. Yeah, a thousand lies. <laughs> <laughs> Just killed the stage with so and so, man. You know, we lit it up this weekend. We No, you did it. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah, people be lying. So I be feeling like people need the, the picture to validate what they did. And it's like just live in the moment. Just have fun. Like let this be a memory. Like you That's know, I've been doing a lot. I've actually been doing a lot. I've been trying to not feel bad because I, I used to be so into the whole content and posting shit. But as a late, I just been like, girl, these are precious moments that you have to cherish. You don't need 500 people cherishing yeah. it for you. Cherish yeah. it yourself, you know. Um, yeah, that's what I've been doing, trying to just live more in the moment. I guess me being a 90s baby, I kind of miss it. Like, I miss the days where we didn't know all the secrets about celebrities because some oh, of them are weird. <laughs> <laughs> 
Very strange, yeah, for sure. I'm a 90s baby as well, and I'd be like, we are exposed to a little bit too much. So, <laughs> so when, you, when you are out and about, how do you go about um, picking which comic you're going to, you know, book for one of your shows? It doesn't seem like this is just a, you know, go up there, do whatever you want type show. It seems like it's a privilege to be on it. So how do you pick the comics that you want? Um, well, we definitely, we, we want to make it a space for all the ladies. So like we literally have a list of comics that we just are like pulling from, but making sure they're, they align with the type of comic that's also on the show. So, you know, we have some more raunchier comics, some more, um, laid back comics, you know what I'm saying? There's different type of comedy. So we really just try to make sure that we align the comics in the right way. But I want to say, like, we give this opportunity to everybody. Like, if you funny, come get on our stage. You know what I'm saying? We're very professional. We pay our comics. You know, we, we make sure it's about an experience and not just that 10 minutes that you're on stage. We want to make sure you're good from the parking lot until the time that you leave and beyond, you know? So yeah. we love that feedback. We always get great feedback from our shows. And that's what, like makes me happy because that's how I feel about my shows in Detroit. People always rave about how much fun they had. And that's what it's about. It's like life is too short to be out here not having fun at a fucking comedy show. Right. <laughs> how do you go about um, how like the rate, you don't got to tell us, but like the rate of how you're going to pay your comics. Cause some people might be trying to put together a show and they might want to like, I want to pay a hundred for the headliner and stuff. But realistically, like if you only got $20 and it's 20, then you only got 20, you know what I'm saying? So how do you go about picking the rate for how you're going to pay the comics that are on the show? Yeah. Um, that's the good and bad about being out here. Um, being paid as a comedian is funny. <laughs> like you could just damn well do the biggest show of the year for yourself in front of 200 people and you really might only walk away with $25. <laughs> but that's the name of the game I hear and I'm not saying we pay $25. That's not what we do. <laughs> we cherish our comics, but um it's really about respect and just knowing that damn, at least pay this person for their gas at least to cover their parking because you know comedy is a slow grind niggas is not out here getting paid five hundred dollars every time they hit the stage it's, it's unheard of you yeah. really might only be walking away with that 20 ball or 15 maybe 50 and that's just Ding the name okay <laughs> so, um but we, we we respect our ladies and we try to at least make sure hey want to make sure parking is covered drink something you know gas like we ain't trying to have you just walk out the house for ten dollars so yeah 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 make uh, it like, nice, you know yeah i like that what is the end goal for your show and what i mean by that is um like what's a venue that you get there you like this is it like this is this is it and let's go make our home or have you already found you know yeah. your home shit i mean i love to take Ladies Love Comedy to Madison Square Garden, Little Caesars Arena, MetLife, Sophie Stadium. Like, we're, we're going big. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. the, the limit does not exist. I'm never going to be one of those people to, you know, small talk myself. We're going big. We're going hard. And we've already been proving ourselves just within these short few months of what we're doing. We're professional. We're intentional. And we do this out of love. You know what I'm saying? We're not competing with anybody. Like, 
we're really just trying to do this shit for women. <laughs> so no, I love it. I never really thought about that, but uh, you know, now that you said it, uh, those comedy shows they do go on tour and they do hit up different arenas, and you see like a whole different lineup. So that's that's what you're saying. You want the end goal to be absolutely okay. Yeah, I like, I've never seen one like that before, where it's an all lady lineup. So that would be that would be hella dope. Yeah, yeah nice. That would yeah. be hella nice. And why 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 is it important to have more than one? talent you know you you are a producer you're a comic you know you act i'm pretty sure you know you're a writer as well i'll say all comics are writers why how has having more than one talent helped you in your ultimate goal of what your dream is um it's important because they all mesh together at the end of the day literally like me being a writer translate well to me being on stage because my material is authentic i took my time to think about it I got the intro, punchline, outro, down pack. So even when I'm writing scripts, because uh, I write scripts for YouTubers, I'm actually got to edit one as soon as I get off, off of here that I have to. Oh, no. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. It's following um, Actually, it, it plays a big part. It keeps me, you know, quick on my feet, learning how to be more structural, more organized, um, and just more patient with things. And it goes into me being a producer and an actress. Like it literally falls all under the same umbrella because comedy at the end of the day, to a certain extent, you are acting. Like sometimes niggas do not know. I just have to cuss my partner out five minutes before I walked in here and damn near, you know, lost my mind. But now I'm on the stage having to put on this performance for people. So it's all in the same acting, writing, producing. Ooh, that thing is hard when you argue and you got to go on stage. <laughs> it is very rough. I had a show at the Laugh Factory and that shit happened. I was like, really? I'm like, this going to happen right before. <laughs> <laughs> but I did great. That show was awesome. Uh, everybody, you get off the stage, everybody like, oh, you did so good. But the whole time, like in my head, I was thinking about what I'm going to say to her when I get okay. off the stage. <laughs> like, I'm fucked up. <laughs> Oh, yeah. uh, so one of the things I was happy to see is that you know uh, uh, you went back home, and one of the things you did when you went back home was you went to go see Beyonce. Man, how was that concert? <laughs> you see how my face just light up when you, that's how it was. That, like, really, I've been dreaming about it ever since I left. Like I'm so pressed that she's having three shows here in LA in September. I'm going to one. Like. I'm because again, and I'm going again because that lady, she's not real. <laughs> that, that is the alien that they were talking about. Like, phenomenal. I mean, that kind of, that was a show. Like, she really shows you how to fucking do it. Like, ain't nobody like her. Yeah. It's nobody like her. I'm not gonna lie, I don't know what what year did uh homecoming come out? Twenty, like that was for yeah, that was nineteen, right? I've always was asking, like, man, when can Beyonce let us see how she worked? Because we know she be working, but we don't see it. So when I saw that documentary, I was like, well, nigga, you got some work to do. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, if she can utilize her twenty four hours well, nigga, you need to go through your schedule again and look. You know, absolutely. I'm definitely looking forward to whatever behind the scenes she got for this because I, this is outworldly like the visuals were insane like this is a concept 
I'm gonna tell you something. I don't think I ever told anybody this. Like my first, uh, I don't know what you would call it. Like I guess vision or whatever. I used to like because I love music. I used to go to sleep listening to old school music or whatever. And I had like this um, WWE ramp, like, <laughs> and I would like write out a set list of like songs and have my CD player and play the song and like vision like what they were doing and like what yeah. the concert would look like and stuff like that. I still want to do that because I just I just love the creativity behind it. Yeah, so hell yeah, good yeah, it's it's so much art behind it and stuff. Like how how was her her set and everything? I mean, we've only seen the pictures and stuff online, but like how how was it? <clears throat> Insane. <laughs> Never fucking thought about that, and I know that she played a huge part in it. But like her team, I mean, the visuals is really what got me going. Like of, of course her her performance is fucking amazing, but the visuals is what keeps you just drawn in you feel like you are in another world seriously like no matter where you sitting at in the stadium and i had some good seats like no matter where you at you're gonna feel that even if you are all the way up high like that lady really pulls you into her world her beyonce world whatever you want to call it like and whoever helped design it insane it's very renaissance it's very futuristic it's very just the chromes the metallics like all the way down to the outfits i'm like this lady's sick and then she performed in the pouring rain the other night and mm -hmm. it was pouring i'm like how then these little has been ass people out here will cancel their show over a droplet of rain like nobody's doing it like Beyonce. yeah nobody yeah. nobody so yeah yeah, she's up. Um, how does that motivate you as an artist to, you know, step your game up? Wait, step my game up. <laughs> That's literally what it is. When I left that concert, I said, step your cookies up. Before <laughs> they crumble. Like, that lady is so just impactful and just insightful and influential. Like, it just, that's why we do ladies love comedy. You know, and I know comedy and music two different things but it's like the intent behind it giving people that vibe giving people that experience giving them something to walk away with that's memorable and that you know that they're gonna spread the good word about so yeah i've never used that one before i was like this is the perfect time <laughs> i'm cracking up well, yeah. <laughs> d-lo who's on uh you're Mount Rushmore for comedy. Oh, I get asked this all the time. And I feel like one day somebody going to bring up all my interviews. And they be like, this girl never remember. Like <laughs> 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 She lying. <laughs> I'm looking at people, I'm like, well, uh, <laughs> I know I'll be saying Monique for sure. <laughs> um, I love some more. I love Mike Ebbs, Kevin Hart. How many people on my world? Four Four, yeah. Oh, okay, there you go. Four. <laughs> hey, there, hey, there it is. There it is. Hey, there you go. <laughs> oh, D-Lo, what words of like motivation can you give to like any comedian that's listening to this right now? Um, keep going. Like as cliche as that sound, you really got to keep going. And if you're in it for the right reasons, it's gonna work out for you. And if you're not, then you gonna have to go get the job, honey. <laughs> that's just what it is. I, I, that's all I got for you. <laughs> <laughs> there, there it is. Message.
<laughs> uh, Dilo, tell people why they should listen to uh, Comedians in Bed. Oh, because it's such a fun show. You are really a great host. We had a real good time. My cheeks hurt from smiling and laughing. This was very engaging and not just one of those boring podcasts. <laughs> this is very fun. And I like the little cats on the side of it. <laughs> Everybody, everybody be calling me for the cats. They be like, what's up with the cats? I was like, well, you know, my girl. Like, my girl got a cat, so it's great on me. <laughs> well, I personally don't like cats in my home, but I like the cat. It's got a nice effect. It shows that you care. <laughs> yeah, man. The one, the one in the black do-rag, that's Kiki. The one in the yellow, that's Greg. Okay. <laughs> okay, Kiki and Greg, nice to meet you all. I love it. I love it. Uh, D-Lo, tell people where they can reach you at. They can follow me on Keep It On The Dealer on Instagram. That's Keep It On The D-E-L-O. Also, follow me on Ladies Love Comedy because our page is growing and flowing. We almost at 200 followers. So, you know, we growing. We're going to be at 1,000 by the end of this year, period. Bing bong. And if you want to catch next week's episode, we record live every Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Uh, or follow us. If you miss it, you can uh, catch um, us wherever you listen to podcasts, streaming wherever you listen. And then be sure to follow us on IG at Comedians in Bed Podcast. Greatly appreciate it. Um, man, D-Lo, we appreciate you, as always, giving that Detroit good energy. We appreciate it. Make sure you go follow her on everything, socials. And uh, yeah, follow her now because she's going to be blowing up real soon, everybody. Thank <laughs> you. It was a fun time. I appreciate fun you. Time. Yeah. We'll see you guys next week. All right.